Buckle up, everyone, and welcome to Carpool Rugby League, show where three rugby league tragics talk everything rugby league on your way to or from work. I'm Graham. I'm Shano. And I'm the Chameleon. Welcome aboard and on with the show. It's Wednesday and you know what that means. It's another episode of Carpool Rugby League. And if you or your favourite team hasn't hit the jackpot playing the pokers this week, you've hit the jackpot by tuning in to the podcast. We're heading into oh, round three, oh. fellas. And I'll tell you what, Shano, it's you pretty exciting. Been like, well, you haven't been lucky enough to have Buzz Rothfield <laughs> have an opinion on it, really, are you? Like, what a storm oh. and a teacup that was. The West Tigers, we were only talking about that earlier. They're, they're, no. I hate it when journalists smell blood in the water because everything mate you think shano's tidbits are, are high flying mate it's it's just it was just a non-event anyway i'm looking i'm looking forward to it it's round three um there's teams that within the next few weeks um within well this week is a pivotal week for quite a few teams in the nrl um there are some teams where we probably thought they should be higher they after five rounds maybe one win or nothing, a duck egg. So um, there's a few things to look at where, you know, um, I think the Tigers' performance on the weekend have probably put um, more pressure on Maguire. But there's a good week ahead. So rugby league, as always, is the winner, isn't it, Griff? Indeed it is. Um, Look, I've been so impressed with the quality of the, of rugby league in, in, in the first two rounds. And I've noticed uh, that the gap between the top and the bottom sides is starting to narrow. And we're seeing a lot of close games. We're not, there haven't been too many games really that there's been a blowout. Um, and, and even the ones where there was a bit of a, you know, a larger margin, it's nothing like we were seeing last year with, ah. you know, 30, 40, possibly 50 points difference yeah. between two teams. Um, so it's, it's been high quality. And those teams, that, some of the teams at the bottom, on the bottom four last year, like the Broncos, uh, like the Bulldogs, and I don't know if the Dragons, I don't think they were in the bottom four, but, but they were down there somewhere. Those teams have been and then you've got teams like the Sharks who uh, who definitely look like you know they've improved. Um, that battle for the top eight, I think it's going to be a lot maybe different to what we'd anticipated a few weeks ago if uh, if a lot of those teams who show the promise uh, of the first two rounds if they can continue that sort of form, but. The quality of the games, most of the games are going down to the wire. Um, and, and that's exactly what you want. You want a competition where on any given day, anyone can win. And, and, and the NRL is certainly yeah. getting closer to that now. Yeah, definitely. And without going through the whole ladder, because it's only round two and it doesn't mean much. Um, obviously, if you're fans of the Knights or Broncos having won two games and uh, lost none, you're pretty excited. The Cowboys technically are in the top eight. Uh, the teams that have a bit of work to do that we've expected more from. 
um, seagulls and rabbitohs. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how that all unfolds over the coming weeks. But as we said, we've got two rounds that have been uh, put into the record books. And just to go through the round two scores, just so that everyone's up to speed with what's happened. Um, phenomenal game of football for um, many reasons. On Thursday night, the Storm winning 15 points to 14 over the Rabbitohs in Golden Point. Uh, they went out 14-0 leaders early, the Storm, and uh, Rabbitohs came back late, uh, and it was a um, yeah, really exciting game. I hope too many of you didn't go to bed early because there was uh, plenty to watch late on there. Uh, it seemed to be a game of comebacks as well on Friday night. The Panthers held on to defeat the Dragons 20 points to 16. Uh, Dragons finished really strong in that one with some promising signs uh, for the St. George Illawarra side. Uh, the Sydney Roosters got the job done at the Sydney Cricket Ground, bouncing back from that disappointing performance against the Newcastle Knights in Round 1. Uh, 26-12 winners over the Seagulls. As I said earlier, Manly still winless after two rounds, but we know Manly fans that um, look, that's nothing new. I think last year it was 0-4 and went on to make the top four, so I wouldn't be stressing too much if I was a Manly fan. Gold Coast Titans got the job done over the Warriors up on the Gold Coast on Saturday, 20 points to 18. The Sharks defeating the Eels. Um, ScoMo was very excited in the crowd there. I thought he was going to drop his beer oh. at one stage. I, I thought know. he was <laughs> going to head to Angadine McDonald's and drop another <laughs> something else. Hey, he's got to be excited about something. That's right. <laughs> you know, uh, look, the Sharks called the election in, in, a, in a flurry of euphoria. The Sharks might still be in uh, with a snip of the competition come May, and uh, you never know. Maybe the Prime Minister will be still in with a sniff after that, but that's something to be seen. Who's playing on the 21st? The Raiders. Wasn't a great night for... Does his birthday. Does his birthday. Good listener of the show. Yep, shout out to him. Uh, Definitely, he'll definitely be listening on the way back from, uh, from Night Shift. Raiders didn't have a great week uh, for more reasons than the fact that they lost 26-6. to six. Uh, We'll talk in a moment about team news, but Josh Hodgson, obviously a big loss for him, uh, for them for the year. The Knights, con- yeah, the Knights continued their winning ways and uh, the woes for the Tigers continued. 26-4, to Newcastle side got over the Tigers. And the Broncos, um, 16 points to 10 winners over the Bulldogs in Adam Reynolds' first game for the club. Plenty to talk about there, fellas. Plenty happening on the field, isn't there? But um, as always, out of a week of football, you get plenty of news. And there's nothing like hitting Shano up to see what he's got for his tidbits. I didn't know where that was going. I thought you were going to say it's time to hit Shano's tidbits. But anyway, um, yes, <laughs> listeners, uh, Josh Hodgson, ACL. Uh, interesting, um, the NRL are really looking apparently. Um, they've got they've got some people, um, they're discussing with some independent doctors. Do they need to have a chat? Six ACL so far this season, 14 in total last year. Mm. So um, they're... they're, they're They're actually thinking of creating a think tank around this. Is this the way the game's going? Is it the nature of the game? Is it off-season training? They really want to start ascertaining um, what this this is. Why is it um, ACL, MCL? Is it it something we can um, avoid? Um, It seems like they're they're, they're clutching at straws, as you would be. Um, 
no one knows why someone can just run and, and the thing tear and just go. So um, we know that's a year. We know that's basically a season-ending injury, um, 12-month rehabilitation at least. Isn't it, Graham? 12-month at least? Is that not what they say? Yeah. <clears throat> Usually it's a, it's a year-long thing. Usually like six yeah. to eight. Sort of okay. Because so I know, in, like, in rugby league, like, given the length of the season, round, yeah, someone did like round. I'm trying to think who that was. Uh, a couple of years ago, did it round like 15. It wasn't until round 15 the following year. Yeah, um, there's so, obviously a lot of mechanisms there in the surgery yeah. and the rehab time, but yeah. it's it's pretty much if you do it at any stage, that's your season done. Yeah. So, so uh, NRL really looking at that and and wondering what is going on. Um, as we mentioned and sort of alluded to earlier, there was a bit of a storm in a teacup regarding a couple of uh, Tigers players playing pokies. They weren't drinking. Um, really strange, I think. I think it's now just goes to show that that really anything to do with the Tigers in a negative light is going to get lots of airplay, which, which you've got to feel for the fans because you know they're, they're the people that you know turn the radio on, want to listen to some footy, want to listen to some news. And they're listening to this crap. And I, I, it was a storm in a teacup. I, I don't think it should have got airplay, so I'm going to shut up about it. Corey Horsburgh signed a new two-year deal with the Raiders uh, with an option of a third year to 2025. Um, so, so he's happy to have re-signed. Apparently loves it in Canberra. He said he really didn't want to move from the place. That's that's good to see. So um, he's signed on for the dream to the green machine. Doesn't get Jermaine out much by the sounds of it. What's that? So he doesn't get out much then by the sounds of it. <laughs> loves a clean, loves a very clean streetscape, he said. It is very clean down there. I love it. It is yeah. very clean, like isn't it? It's outstandingly clean, Canberra. I, I like Canberra, but I also like the Gold Coast. But I like them both for two very different reasons. Anyway, Shane. I, 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 I beg to differ. I bet you they're the same reasons. <laughs> it's the rugby league. That's what yes. it is. Um. Jermaine Osako. He's signed. I've lost Who's my he playing for this week? Oh, the Gold Coast for the rest of the year. So he's at the Gold Coast. Of course, he's going to the Dolphins next year. Um, again, uh, Green Machine News, Corey Harawiranara, Harawiranara, I should say probably, um, end of 2025 at the Green Machine. Dylan Walker, a warrior. So yeah. the Warriors have announced the signing of the Dylan Walker on a three-year deal commencing 2023. So um, an interesting signing, I thought, there from 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 the from the Warriors. I, I um, yeah. Again, you know, sometimes you don't know what the Warriors are doing, and sometimes they don't know what they're doing. But you know, they must know what they're doing with uh, Dylan Walker. This is where we jingle the change in our pockets. We look for the can. We want to see a magazine to help a brother out. The big issue, cannonball tackles. I thought, guys, and correct me if I'm wrong, I thought we outlawed these quite a few years ago. Not only did we outlaw them, I honestly thought we actually had the standardised system of punishment for these tackles. They're starting to make this small... Increase or they're starting to come back a little bit. Um, I think the falling tackle into the legs is 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 also a form of cannibal. I think any any attacking move around the legs, around the knees. What did I say at the start about ACLs? 
and mm. falling at the knees. Guys, what's your thoughts? Graham and Griff, what's your thoughts on this? I think just to jump in before that, before you, Griff, I, I think what, what the main concern here is, is that the NRL, well, they sent a memo out this week saying they're coming down hard on them. But when the, when when there was this whole, you know, we were we were happy they were getting rid of the um, the carryover points and all this sort of thing. But unfortunately, the cannonball seems to have fallen into a grade one Griffo, and people are just getting fined. So I mean, if, if that's it, ridiculous. If if it means that I'm just going to cop a fine, I'm, people are going to be doing it all day. Yeah, I agree, Graham. Um... It's the sort of thing you don't want in the game because it does present, as Shane said, he's talked about the fact there's a lot of knee injuries happening at the moment. Hmm. That sort of thing is only going to contribute more injuries. It's dangerous. Um, everyone knows that. We know why it's done. Um, but, yeah. you know, to you got two blokes up top holding on to the guy and if, if they can't yeah. seem to control him, another guy will come in and and take out the bottom of the legs. Now, um, I'm all for legs tackles, but starting there, not yeah. you know, yeah. two blokes, two blokes are holding a guy who, who, and then someone else comes in, sight on scene usually from the side, yeah. and and takes his legs out, and it's dangerous. We've seen guys injured. And in and you know going back when this sort of first became a thing, guys were getting penalised for much more than what they're copping now. As Graham said, they're basically getting a, a hit over slap over the wrist with a feather. I I, mm. I, I won't forget. Um, it's it's just so the player who gets hit is in the most vulnerable position. I remember a South Sydney versus um, Cowboys game where Isaac Luke did it. Um, I forget who it was on now. A very good, very good player. I remember, I'm trying to think. And I can't, I, I want to say I was at the game. I, I was with a whole group of South Sydney people watching it. And we all just went, yuck. Oh, that's, there was no penalty. It was, it was a legal tackle at the time. And it was amazing that a group of people who, who stood around going for South Sydney said, that is horrible. That has to stop. That is an awful tackle. By the letter of the law, it's it's fine. It was ugly. And 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 I thought the NRL's movement and what they did was just so good. And now they've regressed on this. And I think at a time where they have to be more proactive. Um, I agree with you, Griff. We love seeing leg tackles. I'd just love to see a legs tackle, um, one-on-one legs tackle, be a dominant tackle. If we made those dominant tackles, you won't see this. It's just trying to get over the top of the player. And um, you know, most of these mechanisms are where the player's being held up. And you forget. And they, they yeah, come in from the side. You're 100% right, Graham. When this was outlawed, the idea of holding the player up didn't exist in rugby league. You wanted to get the guy on the ground and on his back. Yeah. So now we have a system where holding the player up is actually in the defensive line's best benefit because when they turn around, everyone's on side, they drop them. You've now got a situation where you're holding the player up. The player wants to find uh, elbows and knees, and then this tackle comes in from the side. It's sickening. I'll tell you what pisses me off a little bit is 
We we talked about this years ago where the referees mm. calling held could put a yeah, stop they, to that's this. Right. That's right. And the referees won't call held when a bloke is standing still and he's got two blokes holding him, but they'll call held when there's a great defensive effort and three blokes are driving someone backwards. Well, well the other thing is, Graham, why is why is something like this involving three players a dominant tackle, yet a one-on-one legs tackle that chops yeah. a player down isn't a dominant tackle? I think that that needs to be a dominant tackle. Furthermore, I, I have no idea during the week where, mm. where a referee calls held. I would love to see a referee call held and 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 it's it's say held, held, and he keeps just saying like, you know, call the held call, but say it right three times. I've called held three times. There's a penalty. You know, I, I thought about maybe a a hold and wait, but you can't do that in rugby league. Where okay, call held, wait to play the ball, play the ball now. That's it's clunky. You can't do that. Um, but I think if if a referee can just keep saying held and you know. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I think going back to you, Griffo, just very quickly before I wrap up our solutions to the big issue, I think we're going we're going back to that that situation where the cannonball's taken too lightly. Because here's mm. one I, I don't want to I don't want to unwrap a you know something that's been put to bed for a while. We haven't seen many shoulder charges for a very long time, and the reason for that is that players are given harsh penalties and they know not to do it. Do you think the solution, Griffo, to the big issue? is harsh suspensions for a cannonball tackle in the short term yes yeah um yeah i agree the other one that worries me griff is the one to the hip they're starting to see this (laughs) graham would graham get a kick out of this the only thing i can think of remember the edge in wrestling the speed yeah where they hold the player up and the player literally just runs full tilt and shoulder into the hip, and it sort of buckles that. That's another one I'm thinking within within ten rounds we're going to be talking about going. That's an ugly tackle. That's that's you know I know it's not the knees, but it just folds a player in half. And you think if the player wants to stand on their feet, they then okay. When a player's getting held up by the opposition, it's just ugly. There was a. It was in the Penrith game. There was one where a guy just got buckled. And I went, oh, that's 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 you know that's gone in with the point of the shoulder, and it's an attempt to tackle. But the point of the shoulder has been used just to absolutely axe a joint. That you know that yeah I know I know it's rugby league. I get it's rugby league, but I think there's a lot of tactics at the moment, or a few tactics yeah. at the moment. Which you used to to really now the hip toss one was was another one. I'm glad that gets hammered because that is dangerous. But like we were saying, Griffo, they're going to push the envelope, aren't they? It's just the nature of um, coaches looking for an edge, you know. Yeah. Um, that's why you know initially we saw the Melbourne Storm employ a wrestling coach. Yeah. When it yep. started yep. to work, so what? Yeah. You know, everyone started to. A year later, everyone had one. Yeah, and um, yeah, we want to get we want we want a, a free flowing game, and we're starting to you know we start to see that particularly with some of the rule changes. Um, we don't want to see guys injured. That's the bottom line. Hmm. From from things that are not legal, you know, you yeah. got it's, it's rugby league. You're going to get injured. 
some yeah. stage, you know, accidents happen. But some of these things are not accidents and can be prevented. And like, you know, I think your uh, reference to the shoulder charge earlier is a good example of saying, well, okay, this used to be part of the game. Uh, it's now illegal. And if you do it, you end up with at least 10 minutes in the bin plus a suspension. Yeah. It works. Yeah. People stop doing it. And, and it, it would work with the cannonball. But, you know, I, I don't want to just single out Lindsay Collins, but he did it in the uh, in a preseason game, I think, against the Tigers. And we've seen a few other instances where, again, and all he copped was a fine, and, and, and it's all they seem to get is a fine. Um, yeah. That's the guy from the Storm as well in the first week, wasn't it? I think you're right. It was a King, yeah. maybe. I think. Yeah, no, I can't remember wrong, exactly. But... Um... but again, no suspension. Simply, you mm. know, they're just copying fines. Yeah. And this is another thing, too. As we said, the, you know, a few weeks ago, we were talking about blokes getting five weeks for a hip drop. So, you yeah. know, I, I think for the... It sounds as though, fellas, for the big issue, the things that we've got to look at, because we don't just give problems, we give solutions to these big issues, and... Um, for those wondering, yeah, Griffo's sitting here with his yellow vest and his red hat on. Um, yep. Just to Proud summarize, to so. actually having suspensions and penalties, 10 in the bin for cannonball tackles, that, that'll that work. But even going back to some of Shane's, um, Shane's points there, calling held um, and encouraging tackles around the legs. Like, you know, someone chops someone down, it's a dominant tackle because what we're now seeing... I reckon we're going to get a generation now, Shane, of players, these young players coming through, who haven't been taught that skill because it's of no advantage to them. Mm. I don't think young kids these days. If I look as a young co- as a coach of young young kids, I wouldn't be teaching them to 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 grab someone around the ankles because all that d- does is allows a quick play the ball, no markers, and you lose another ten or fifteen yeah. meters off the subsequent play the ball. I think that could be another big issue for another day. Yep, hundred percent indeed. Yeah. Well, look, we're tackling all the big issues here and there's plenty going on. And um, usually one of the things that people tend to enjoy the most in the uh, in the podcast is Griffo's Grab. So I'm very interested to see what grabbed Griffo's eye this week. Griffo's Grab! What did you see this week, mate? Yeah, look, there's a lot of things that grabbed my eye last weekend. I had a, as soon as I saw it, I had a grab. Unfortunately, um, due to a mistake by uh, the recipient of the ball, a try which had been awarded later was disallowed. So um, it was good for me because it gave me something to talk with, about in my segment. Well, we don't know that yet, but um, Adam Reynolds uh, played a little bit of tunnel ball now. Um, I remember back 1977, um, will be the story here, but um, <laughs> I was, uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, Patrician Brothers Blacktown, year five, and um, we had uh, the Athletics Carnival, and I I got, uh, I think I got selected for the Athletics team, but I got uh, sort of called, um, and, and you're sort of your, your, your Reggies, your reserve grade was what they called the ball games. So, um, so I went into the ball games team 
And uh, one of the things that we played in the ball games was a tunnel ball, where yep. you uh, yep. you remember hold the ball oh. between your legs, and you know there was a bit of uh, there was a bit of contact. To be honest, because uh, it was a relay, so you uh, it's a strange concept really now when I think about it. You had maybe six or seven guys lined up, standing behind each other, and the one at the front would throw the ball through the, all the legs. Um, it was not a mixed, uh, not a mixed event, which probably would have been, when I think about it now, one might be more enjoyable. But <laughs> be that as it may, be that as it may, um, what we saw from Adam Reynolds was a very smart play where he could see that uh, he had men uh, down the uh, blind side who were essentially, uh, you know, not quite on mark, but there was an opportunity there. So we tunnel balled the. Uh, through his legs, he found his center, who I won't name at this stage. Um, the center goes over, referee awards the try, but then it wasn't. So that would have been, that would have been uh, what grabbed my eye, and I, I did send you a text to that effect. I think, yes. I think we've yes. seen uh, the grab and the uh, the gap in one, and the all in one. <laughs> um, anyway, so. Because they did not actually score the try, I had to uh, cast my eye further afield. And uh, um, in a game that really grabbed my eye and, and a game that I was looking forward to watching as a neutral, um, Para V uh, Sharks, mm. high-quality game. Mm. Two sides that I think will feature in the top eight later in the year. Um, it went right down to the wire. Um, and literally... Uh, you know, the score, the game was decided by a, a kick for goal after the siren. But uh, what grabbed my eye there was was one of the para tries, um, which took me back to the 1980s, you know, seven, late 70s into the early 80s, where you had a lot of players who used the old-fashioned old chip and chase. Uh, it was Mitch Moses who... Um, probably might have been on his own side a halfway summed up the situation that the Sharks fullback was a long way back, put the chip over, regathered. Um, actually, I'm not sure that he regathered, but one of the para players did. Uh, there was uh, the so-called King Gutherson. I, I, personally, I don't see him as a king. Uh, mm. I'll be struggling to have him as a prince, to be honest. But, um, but uh, Gutherson uh, and Dylan Brown were involved. And eventually the ball got back, to, I think, to Mitch Moses. And he went over for what was a, a really exciting try. Uh, I love that sort of play off the cuff. Um, summing it up, you know, it's not a, it's not a rehearsed, uh, you know, uh, play in, in the sense that, okay, we're going we're gonna, to uh, take it up for three, then we're going to put a chip and chase on. It's not, that's not part of, a def of, a, of an attacking pattern. Uh, it's just a guy who sums up the situation. Um, I think the term they use these days is eyes up football. Um, but well done, Moses, and uh, the other two players involved in that play. Uh, I think Gutherson and uh, Dylan Brown or Doggy, uh, Doggy Brown. Um, and uh, really, I didn't want to see the try because I tipped the Sharks. Um, but it was great play from Para. And well done, uh, Mitch Moses, for 
just keeping the chip and chase as part of the game of rugby league. It's always exciting to watch. Definitely. Yeah, uh, it's... The Storm, uh, sorry, the Storm, the, the Sharks, I should say. I was thinking of Nico Hines then, I thought Storm. The Sharks are one of those teams here. I think, um, you know, they, they've had a positive start to the year. I know a few people were down on them after round one, Shano, when they lost to the Raiders. But, um, yeah, we've got to remember that Parramatta were one of those teams that we've got right up there. And I think mm. we're going to see some positive things out of the Sharks, not to get too much into our preview, but... Um, Definitely an entertaining match. Most definitely. Yeah, yeah. it was a good match. Like you, um, they've got players that can, can that can that can contribute now. Um, so it, it's going to be what do they look like round ten? Yeah, round twenty. And if they can keep playing that kind of footy, well, then they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna go a long way to getting better than the fifty percent win loss ratio. Yep. Fair call. Well, I'll tell you one place they don't want to be, and that's Graham's Gaff. All right, so I kind of gave it a little bit away there, and um, I'll be honest with you. Um, you know, Griffo did message me and it was funny saying, oh, you know, we've gone from grab to gaff and all week I've been thinking, geez, my gaff is going to be Katoni Staggs because if only he had caught that ball, all he had to do was fall over and fair dinkum, it would have been on the highlight reel for years to come. Um, it would have not only been try of the round, but try of the year. I had that penciled in as my gaff and I've had a late, a late change, fellas. I've had to... <laughs> I've had to reshuffle the uh, the deck chairs, so to speak. My gaff this week, housemate hookers, is what I'm calling my gaff this week. Oh, so my uh, my gaff, is that my a new issue. Sponsor? What's oh. that? What was that? Is that a new sponsor or? No, yeah, housemate hookers. Um, my gaff uh, is, is hookers that operate out of the same household. What I'm talking about here is the Melbourne Storm. Now, some people may have been aware that um, Harry Grant, he is out this week. Uh, He tested positive to COVID. Um, So he was sent home from um, training. But what has actually broken today um, is that the backup hooker that was named at number nine this week for the Melbourne Storm, Tyron Wishart, he's also been ruled out because of the close contact rules, as he lives with Harry Grant. So, the hooker household has come to bite Melbourne on the backside here. And given that um, that Smith's injured, they could be really struggling and scraping the bottom of the barrel to find a suitable hooker this weekend. That's a worry. Mm. If you've got to find a scrape in the bottom of the barrel to find a... To find a hooker, like it's not the worst. You no, know, I, I, you're talking about biting them on the bomb and whatnot. Well, Jeez. I don't know if it costs extra. Or I don't know. But no, I don't know. This would have happened at the Gold Coast. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's an interesting. I wasn't aware of. Uh, I knew Grant was out. Was first I've heard that Wishart. Yeah, that's so what... he's not got it, but he's a close contact. That's what. So what are you saying? 
yeah, he's um he's tested negative, Wishart, but apparently uh due due to um this is what I've been that's told. That's the household rat. Australian federal government close contact rules uh, indicate that if you live with someone, you are a close contact. And as they are housemate hookers, then uh, Wishart will um, be ruled out this week. So you'll look at your team list and unfortunately for the Storm uh, fans who are trying to keep a close contact of what's going on, um, <laughs> they'll see him named in the okay. number nine this week. but well, I'm uh, sure they can find another hooker somewhere in Melbourne, surely. surely. It's a big city. You'd think so. They give about a million odd people. Yeah. There's got to be more than two hookers there, three yeah. hookers. But they yeah, uh, word on the street is that um, Jaden Nikarima may get a, uh, get a run. Um, but obviously, you know. I was in Melbourne on the weekend. I saw five under the bridge. Yeah, did you now? Is that a new Broadway play, Five Under the Bridge? <laughs> they give a rats. So, <laughs> look, that's that's just something I thought I'd throw in there. So, um, look, just hmm. advice for other clubs. Um, if you are the housemates... live together. Yeah, if, if you're housemates with the other person at your team and you play the same position, uh, just, just, yeah, I think you guys need to change living arrangements. Halfbacks shouldn't be living with halfbacks. Hookers should be separated uh, because if you have a close, if someone goes down with COVID and you're a close contact, um, then that whole position is, uh, yeah, is affected. Me- uh, Melbourne fans have been telling me today that uh, they think Brandon Smith might be a smoky to play, but uh, wouldn't hold my breath there. But yeah, it there's my mean. gaff. Housemate hookers. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. So. It's got Katoni out of it, uh, out of it then, hasn't it? <laughs> That's right. Katoni Stags is listening. He would have liked yes. to have been out of a few things in the past. Got, too, got me the off the ups. hook. Who'd have thought yeah. that that would be the Katoni Stag gaff? <laughs> yeah, so Katoni was a part of that. It's game over. He <laughs> don't bite him on the butt. No. no. <laughs> oh, let's talk about some footy. All right, there's kickoff for this week. That's a quick <laughs> kickoff. That was very quick. That was a very quick one. Do you want? Uh, do you want a, Do you want a slow one? Was that one better? <laughs> we got a full whistle in there. There's Graham's gap for this week. The whistle. Uh, we got some footy this week. Geez, if you're still with us, you're doing well. Um, but we'll talk about some footy. I don't think I've forgotten anything. I think all we've got to do is talk about this week's games. Um, okay, so <laughs> Thursday night. Dragons take on the Sharks at Wollongong. So we talked about the uh, the Sharks. The Dragons have been good too uh, in regards to team news. Um, speaking of hookers, Andrew McCulloch, he's going to miss this match. Um, his spot's been taken by Moses and Bai, so that's an interesting one. So Moses and Bai uh, in the number nine. George Burgess in the reserves. Ford and Gajewski, new faces on the bench for the Sharks. Um, Ikevalu on the wing for Ronaldo. I think uh, he had a head knock from memory. Talakai is in for Wilton. And Trindle comes onto the bench after a two-match ban for a high tackle in the trials. Griffo, you would have seen the uh, Dragons quite closely last week. Um, Late on in the game, they gave your Panthers a bit of a scare. There was um, an opportunity there right at the death where if the pass down the wing had stuck, uh, they could well have snatched a victory. Uh, they didn't get the job done last week, and um, you know the record books show a loss. 
and uh, they're one on one. Coming up against um, Sharkside this week, a um, bit of a local derby, uh, if you will. Uh, what did you make of the Dragons last week, and um, how do you think they'll fare against the Sharks, who are coming off a win? Yeah, I was impressed by um, by St. George Illawarra Dragons in the second half, mainly. They dropped a lot of ball in the first half, um, so their mistake rate was pretty high, but they, they controlled the ball in the second half, and I think they really would dominated possession. Um, and they really, the, the Panthers had to, it was one of those victories that they just had to hold on uh, with their defence because there was nothing happening in attack for Penrith. Uh, and Penrith, you know, were able to do that. But the Dragons threw plenty at them. And and uh, the Dragons, of course, played that game for 20 minutes with 12 men due to a couple of... Um, a couple of sin bins, um, which you know, been quite controversial, particularly the uh, the sin binning of, of Sewer. Uh, I had no problem with it, obviously, at the time. I put him late, took him out, um, but it had a big influence on the game because the Panthers put on 14 points in the 10 minutes that Sewer was off the field, and the Panthers only scored uh, 20 points, so um, that was critical. Um, but the Dragons, uh, I know we've seen them start a lot of seasons well, and including last year. Um, but this side, to me, looks stronger. Um, they've got good strength in the forwards. They've got attacking players in the backs who can score a try. Um, I know they're missing their, their hooker this week, but I thought Mbai did, uh, did pretty well when he came on. Um, for McCulloch, and uh, from memory, he uh, he set up a try, so he's uh, he's been going okay. Um, they look like a strong side. They come up against a side that uh, really uh, I thought played well last week. Um, they they only got the decision on the bell or after the bell, because but they did score four tries to two against um, one of the. Uh, one of the top sides in the NRL in the Parramatta Eels. Um, they're pretty much unchanged. I think the only change you mentioned is uh, Mulitalo's out. Yeah. Um, and Ikevalu comes in with, uh, yeah, onto the wing there. So uh, a pretty stable side. Um, oh, Braden Trindle comes onto the bench as yeah, well. Yeah, Wilton. So, Wilton, well, yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought he was good last week, Wilton. He, mm. he scored the winning try. Good player, Teague Wilton. Um, uh, and he's, he's missing a couple of games, which is unfortunate because he just forced his way into the starting lineup. Uh, they've got players to come back yet. They've got Jack Williams back. Uh, he's on the reserves bench, but they've also got Wade Graham who'll come back. And um, So Teague Wilton was doing a great job while couple other guys who probably would have been ahead of him in the pecking order uh, they were out so um, it's good signs for the Sharks when 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 and you look at as I said you look at their reserves bench you've got the likes of uh, Luke Metcalf, Royce Hunt, Jack Williams, Franklin Pele um, you know who, who um, you know you'd think he'd be a decent goal kicker big Franklin Pele. Um, <laughs> He's Brazilian but, isn't he? 
Well, you'd say so, and, and they need a goal kicker because oh, Nico, we, he had he did kick the winner last week, but he struggled before that. So maybe if uh, and, uh, he's a big man, big Franklin, um, if he does force his way into the team, um, he'll put him over from anywhere on the field, I dare say. Um, 191 uh, centimetres, 121 kilos. Yeah, How's he's a that? big guy. How's that? He's a big guy. Referring? He's bigger than his uh, than his uh, grandfather from uh, from Brazil. Um, <laughs> um, we don't know, uh, you know, whether he likes the blue pills or not at this stage. But um, anyway, um, I think he's a Kiwi, but he um, he's another one from Endeavour Sports High, I think. Yeah. From what I understand. Well, Brazil aren't yet in the World Cup for rugby league. I think they're in the women's World Cup. So, um, but you know, maybe uh, with guys like him, they might we might see him in the uh, in the thirteen aside game for the men um, in the World Cup in the future. And um, I'm, I'm, I know I think this is multicultural round this week uh, it as is we multicultural. It is multicultural. It's, uh, round, harmony so. week, isn't it? Yeah, it's harmony week. Yeah, well, they, they're calling it on the NRL site. They're calling it multicultural round. I was reading an article earlier. There's uh, 40 cultures represented uh, in terms of uh, either uh, players' grandparents, parents, or themselves being born in in various countries. So it it really is uh, this game of rugby league um, in this multicultural country of Australia. It is a game for all cultures, for which and welcomes. Mm. all cultures it was a great thing um you know i i go back to watching rugby league from the 70s and it was very much uh you know a game where it was some um, you know anglo guys um mm. and not much else like you, you there were some indigenous boys there but not sort of anywhere near as many as there are these days and it was just a literally a sprinkling of uh, of Pacific Islanders, and I, when I say a sprinkling, I'm talking you could count them on one hand. Um, guys that come to mind, like you know the, the recently departed Olsen Filipina, uh, Henry Tartner yeah. from the uh, I think he played with the Bulldogs or the Berries as they were then, and possibly the Dragons. Um, a little bit later, there was John Fifita, who I believe is an uncle of of Andrew. Um, but it literally was just a sprinkling of guys. Um, but, you know, Australia's changed um, in, in 50 years massively. And it's good to see that that people from all, all ethnic groups um, are involved in, in the game of rugby league. Um, and uh, so, yeah, well, welcome multicultural round. Um, and, uh, and this is part of it. Um, but yeah, the traditional, uh, rivals, uh, hard one to pick, but I just think the sharks, I just think while I was impressed with the dragons last week, um, and the week before, in fact, when they beat the warriors, I just, I just think the sharks, um, I, I just think they're a slightly better side. It's a home game for the dragons down in Wollongong. Mm. Um, I'd really loved this game deserves a, a sold out crowd. Um, so uh, the, the people of Wollongong have a, have a really good team to cheer on now. 
it's it's Wollongong's not far from uh, from Cronulla from the Shire. It's you know just a, maybe half hour or so down the uh, the Princess Highway and um, get get out there, guys. Support your teams and uh, this this game is worthy of a, of a packed house. Uh, I look forward to tomorrow night, but I'm I'm going to lean with the Sharks. I tipped them last week against Para, and uh, they didn't let me down, so I'm going to stick with them. What about you, Shano? Yeah, I'm tipping the Sharks, Ruth. I thought everything you said was on point. Um, look, I'm just going to add something um, minor. I think the Sharks bench will get them home. I, I just look at the Sharks bench and just go, yeah, that's that's some quality. Um, if they go one to seventeen, I, I, I can only see the Sharks winning this, Gray. Yeah, I'll go to the Sharks too. But this is one of those games as well. I'll be watching uh, quite closely tomorrow, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Dragons get them. I think it's more so me just going with the um, uh, with the Sharks, who I was really impressed with last week. But yeah, you know, I, I, I actually. Feel that if the dragons were playing against, I know this is a big ifs and buts, but the dragons were playing the best team in the NRL last week, and I actually felt like they could get the win at the end there. Um, I think a lot of people are going to go toss of the coin. Uh, where all three of us here are going sharks, I wouldn't be surprised though if some people in your tipping comps that you are in locally might go with the dragons being the home team, but um, I, I, I know with us. In our carpool rugby league competition, this is the margin game. Um, honestly, I think you're mad if you've got a two-digit margin in this one. I think whoever wins this is going to be by uh, one try. But I'm just going to lean with the Sharks. I think if it, um, yeah, if it's a tight one that we expect uh, when push comes to shove, I think they might just have a bit more class. All right, the big games continue on uh, oh. Friday, <laughs> 6 p.m. Uh, Campbelltown Stadium is going to host the Tigers against the Warriors. Uh, in regard to the team news, James Tamo is coming back to the front row, which will push Tall to the bench. Gardner, <coughs> uh, promoted from 18th man last week. He's going to uh, start this week. Little's returning from a knee injury at Hooker. They'll push Simkin to the bench. Um, Jackson Hastings. Um, He's out. Yeah, I'm just reading now. Out. I think he has been unsuccessful at He's the judiciary. Gone. That was last night. Um, an extra week. I think he was originally charged with a grade two. <laughs> That's that was insult to injury, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So I think he wanted it to go down to a grade one. Uh, that didn't happen. So if you're looking at your team sheet at the moment, um, you'll see Hastings at number six, but that will obviously uh, change before kickoff. Uh, with the Warriors, um, they've got a bit of a Harles merry-go-round happening uh, at the moment at their club with Cody Nikarima in at halfback. He was 18th man last week. Uh, that's due to a hip complaint from Ash Taylor. Um, they reckon he'll only be out for about a week. Um Adam Fanua Blake, he's in the side. Uh, he's named at number eight in the starting lineup. Uh, we do know that he had a hand injury last week against the Titans, so that's a bit of a watch this space, uh, Shano. But um, yep. look, let's not beat around the bush. The talk of the town on most media outlets, I know we don't want to dwell on the point, but most media outlets are basically saying, look, the Tigers... Um, 
poor start to the season. Whilst they're not the only team 0-2, uh, it seems to be that most pressure has been placed squarely on the Tigers, what's happening at the Tigers. We've talked about issues with leadership. I think, I don't know whose turn it is to be captain this week. Um, it may have been Hastings, but he might he might be out. It's it's, it's a bit like that, isn't it? And, um, you know, I had to laugh. Someone at, someone at work this week, they said... Is Michael Maguire going to last the year? I pissed myself laughing and said he'd be lucky to last the week. A lot of pressure on the Tigers. Is it warranted, though? That's been the talk. Yes, it is. I, I had this vision. This kid was making one of them chatterbox things. You know, we go like those little paper things. Oh, yeah. and, and today he was talking about... And I had visions of Mike... I don't know why. I had visions of Michael Maguire going, pick a colour. B-L-U-E. Pick a number. Seven, seven, pick another number, three, one, two, three. Oh, I'm not captain this week. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's how he's picking the captains, apparently. That, look, they were ordinary last week. It wasn't that the, um, it wasn't the, there's points put on them. It wasn't that the, the way that the Knights played, the, the Tigers played very poorly. Um, look, I'm picking the Warriors this week. Um, the Warriors are going to be, bolstered by the fact that it's now a possibility and it's going to be a reality. They will play games at home this season. Um, so, you know, mm-hmm. just when you didn't, just when you didn't want them to get any, now we just, when you want the Tigers, Tigers fans are going, I wonder what we can do. Um, they're basically being told that um, through a series of uh, exemptions and things happening at the New Zealand end of things. And then, reciprocally at the Australian ends of things, it looks like they're going to be playing games at home. That's a massive win for them. Watching the Warriors last week, a um, bit disjointed. Uh, however, I think they've got the skill to, to win. Uh, Reese Walsh just needs to find his, um, just needs to find, uh, you know, his mojo, um, play a bit tighter. You've got Harris DeVita, Nick Arima, um, with Wade, e- Wade Egan um, looking at their spine versus the versus the um, Tigers. I think they've also got a, a, a little bit over them in the forward pack. I, I just look at the Tigers side. Um, like for like, there's only a couple of positions where they probably outdo the, the Warriors. I don't think it's going to be a walkover, but I don't see a boil over. I see a Warriors win. And I, I see them winning by six. It's, it's going to be that six to eight point margin. I think Reese Walsh is going to have um, a bit of a day out, um, which probably means he takes a lot of the other players out of contention, but it's it's going to cause the two points to go the Warriors' way, Griff. Yeah, I agree with what you say, Shane. Oh, I, the Warriors haven't really copped much considering... No. You know, they, they've lost both their games. Yeah. I don't think they've been impressive. I mean, they, they can play well in patches. Um, but they're playing the Tigers, so... If you're going to be I playing think... anyone, you'd want it to be them. <laughs> <laughs> you want anyone to yeah. bring yourself back into form, that's the team. You, you'd think so, this, at this point in time. You know, there may come a day in the future where you know, playing the Tigers is something you fear, but currently, um, if you can pick any team you'd like to be playing for two points, it's the West Tigers, who are down on confidence. Um, they 
they were good in the first half against the Storm um, the week before. And, and it was towards the end of the game where, you know, the Storm were able to run away a little bit with it after being down for most of the, nearly all the game, actually. Um, but I just think the Warriors... I'm, I'm not confident by any means because I've got a few reps on the Warriors at the moment. Um, they do have Reese Walsh, who, you know, has this uh, ability to to find a try, whether he sets it up or scores it himself. Um, I'm not enthralled by the Pompey, Arthurs, Berry, Montoya three-quarter line. That doesn't exactly instill a lot of confidence in me. I'm not instilled with too much more confidence by Harris DeVita and Nicarima. It's it's a bit of a, a revolving door with the six and seven of the Warriors. And, and, and to be fair, that's, you know, injuries played a role there. But um, but they, I think they do have a good pack led up front by Fenua Blake and Lodge. Um, Josh Corrin's in good form. He's a good player. Um, Wade Egan's a smart hooker. Um, I just, I just think they are playing the Tigers, and uh, for that reason, and that reason alone, I'm going to tip them. Great. Yeah, it's sort of the. Uh, this, this is a tough one. I'm, I'm looking through this week, and I know I'm getting a bit ahead of myself. This is a tough round to pick. If, uh, if you use your joker around this week, uh, you're, you're pretty, uh, you're a pretty game person. This is another tough one. Uh, I think it's more of a case of, and I don't want to be negative, but I feel like it's going to be a case of, you know, the, the lesser of two evils because neither team has been um, has been impressive. I'm going the Warriors. But, yeah, just like you guys, for some of those things that you guys were saying here, um, you know, I don't have a huge amount of faith in their back line. Uh, if the points are going to come, you know, I mean... Yeah, I'd imagine they're coming from Reese Walsh, and I'd imagine that their forwards would be what's getting them forward and getting the job done. So, I think it's going to be a really tight game. Yet again, could go either way. And this is another one I think in your tipping comps, everyone, where people might go the home team because they can't pick. But uh, we're going the away team again. I'm going the Warriors uh, as well. <laughs> All right, the big games continue on Friday night at uh, 8pm, or 8.05, I think technically they kick off at a core stadium. The South Sydney Rabbitohs will host the Sydney Roosters. Uh, this is the oldest rivalry in rugby league and probably one of the biggest ones, depending on who you ask. Uh, for the Rabbitohs, uh, Tane Milne this week, named at centre with Jackson Paulo on the wing. Um for those who didn't notice, they switched with about 15 or so to go last week uh, and that sparked the South Sydney comeback. So they're hoping that that's a uh, winning combination for them this week. Uh, last week, Cam Murray came off the bench. Um, the word out of South Sydney is that he will start this week with uh, Havili coming off the bench, but that's a bit of a watch this space in regards to how uh, Jason Demetrio wants to use his captain. Uh, for the Roosters, Angus Crichton has been moved to the bench with Nat Butcher named in the run-on side. Connor Watson named to start at hooker with Hutchinson on the bench. But, um, you know, that's a bit of a watch this space too with the opportunity there that there could be a, 
a swap on game day. So uh, just keep an eye on uh, the Connor Watson situation there. Tupanua suffered a head knock and has failed his HIA um, against Manly, but named to play this week. And Joey Manu is expected to be okay after a knee injury. Uh, I think it would take an absolute... Uh, tragedy for him to miss this game. Uh, I know a lot of people are going to talk this up, Griffo, as the Joey Manu versus Latrell Mitchell rematch. Um, at South Sydney versus the Roosters, you don't really need much of a story, but the Roosters, they bounced back. They were really good last week, and um, uh, I think uh, they showed fans that they are the contenders we'd hope they'd be after a disappointing week one. Yeah, you're right, Graham. Um, they did bounce back last week. Um, Manly weren't at their best, obviously, but I just think uh, you know this is um, this is a game that you know generally your form lines go out the window, similar to the Sharks Dragons that um, and we've seen in the past where you know one of these sides might have been a bit down the ladder, but they they get themselves up for this game. And I think Souths are probably in that position at the moment where they haven't been playing well. Um, you know, they did fight back and, and made it, you know, took it to Golden Point and, and all that. And they did play some good good football to, to get from 14-0 to 14-all. But they were awful before that, um, yeah. the nil. Um and the scoreboard did flatter them, but to their credit, they did fought, fight. They went back into the game, but they got some players, unfortunately, who are, are not in form. Um, and you know, there's been some uh, some criticism around for Lachlan Ilias. I don't think he's the guy that that criticism should be targeted at. I think his his halves partner is he's he's struggling for confidence. Yeah. Um, after a few intercepts and whatnot, and he, he was poor last week. Um, he's one of the best players in the NRL, Cody Walker, and he's shown that over a few years that, that he can do things that not necessarily everyone can do. Um, there's do no doubt. That, I was going to say, say sorry, Griffo, just before you know we go too far into Cody Walker. Do you think part of this could be, like a lot of people are talking about, the Adam Reynolds effect? Are we starting to see the amount of pressure that Reynolds took off him? And now that he is the main half with a young bloke next to him, he's not handling it? Because we know that in other situations, remember when he played Origin, uh, he, he didn't handle the pressure yeah. there. Yeah. Now, uh, that's what I was about to, to say. that uh, There's no doubt he's missing Adam Reynolds in the team. Not just Cody, but the whole South side is. But but that's not, that's finished. Adam Reynolds will not going to be a rabbito again. Um, Ilias is is got the skills. Will develop into a very good player. Um, he's not there yet, and you can't expect him to be. He's only played about three games. Um, they've had problems out wide in both attack and defence. Um, I think the move of Milne into the centres and Polo to the wing helps. Jackson Paulo's looked a little bit lost in the centres. Um, I still think, for mine, when, when Blake Taff comes back, that what's best for this team is, is Taff in the one and, and Luttrell in the centres. 
yeah. with Milne, Milne going to the wing and, and Jackson Polo, um, you know, I'd say on the reserves bench. But that's just my opinion. Um, Souths can win this game. They, they've had a good record over the Roosters in the last few years. Uh, with some record score lines, and particularly when the Roosters have you know missed a few players, but not just that. You know they, they've dominated the Roosters for a few years now, um, and the Roosters will not have forgotten that the floggings that they've copped at the hands of the Rabbitohs in the last couple of years. Um, the incident last year, I'm sure. Uh, and Joey Manu's played it down, but um, the the Rooster Boys will be very keen to to rip in to Luttrell. Uh So it's a big test for Latrell. He's up to it. He, he's good enough. Um, I think with Latrell, he's got to make sure that that he stays focused on the game rather than you know getting into any uh, antics that. Uh, the Roosters will be trying to bait him and they'll be trying to bait Cody Walker as well. Cody's, as I said, he's not in good form at the moment. Um, he's a confidence player. Um, it's a big game. It's a big game. Um, and I look forward to it. Uh, I want to see a really tight game. Um, I've got to tip the Roosters because they're, I think they're going a little better, even though they were awful in week one. They showed us last week uh, what they're capable of. Both Sam Walker and Luke here creating tries. Um, the skill level of the Roosters is is high. Uh, they've got you know superstars in Tedesco, Kiri, uh, Joey Manu, uh, and then you've got some pretty handy guys in the forwards like Victor Radley. Uh, interesting that Angus Crichton's been uh, put on the bench. I'm not quite sure the reasoning for that. Uh, Jared's been there, I think, each game this year. He's not at his best at the moment. But um, I think South forwards uh, can probably, can certainly hold or not in even get over the top of the Roosters. But I think it's the halves that are going to be uh, critical here. Um, Walker and Curie in better form than uh, well, they're both Walkers, both uh, both the Sixers. Um, so I had not noticed that before. Um, two number Sixers that are walking, uh, and uh, but I think I just think South, while they need to win this game more than the Roosters, I just uh, and, and if they do go down here. Pressure will continue to build on on new coach Demetrio, who, and, and I'm I'm not sure if because I didn't hear him say this, but what I heard him quoted was saying at some stage that um, that Milford was going to be the half. Um, I don't know if you boys heard that quote or not, but uh, that's something I heard yeah. that he made a statement. Uh, Basically saying sure. that Ilias wouldn't be in the position he is in now because Milford would be a part of the side. Well, um, that's a crazy thing to, to put out yeah, there. Like, yeah. I mean, because that's sort of, you know, you, it's a vote of no confidence in, in Ilias, really, to say that. Um, I, 
Do you want, to, to be honest with you, when I heard that, my gut feeling, and I don't nothing, I've got no inside information, I actually felt like that um, people were starting to point the finger at Ilias and he's trying to take some pressure off him, whether it was a, the right way to do it or not. Is almost saying, well, look, we've thrown him in the deep end, maybe we didn't prepare for it in this way, so almost to give him a bit of a backstop if he's not at the standard that people expect. But I, I don't know, but look, all, we, all we really know, Shane, is that the players we've expected from South Sydney, some of them have been performing, some of them have not been. Um, but coming out of last week, when there were the positive signs, if you are a South Sydney fan, you want to take some positive signs. Um, Havili, especially in at hooker, played really well last week. The change when the you know in the back line, they're gonna have to be better this week though. He's got two of his number one players playing significantly out of form. His job as a coach and his key role this week is how the hell do you get Cody Walker and Damien Cook back in the form? Mm. South Sydney's comeback, and this no one's really brought this up this week. South Sydney's comeback came when Cook went off. Yeah. <clears throat> what the key problem with South Sydney is at this point in time they treat the ball like it's a piece of crap. They don't want to hold it. They don't want to work for anything. They just want to turn up and they want to win for no other reason that I can think of that they're in last year's grand final. This side will not make the eight at this point in time. They're in trouble. Their, their, their attack is disjointed for no other reason that the service is poor. They can't get the flow. They can't get the passing on. When it does go out wide, it gets knocked on more often than not. They, they've thrown, yeah, they've they conceded a try on an intercept. They've conceded in the last two weeks. They've bombed about four of them because they've knocked on. In the middle, they don't want to work. And then last week, the, for, for reasons best known to him and God, the only guy who rips in 110% is Cameron Murray. Mm. And why, why did Damien Cook have to go off? Look, my honest opinion, he's gassed. Because you know what? In that first 20 minutes, who was tackling in the middle? Only Damien Cook. Damien Cook's on. service, though, is, is, has been shot for two weeks. Against the oh, Broncos, so, yeah. it was horrible. Havili comes on and has a bit of spark. And all of a sudden, South Sydney looked like this different team. He didn't do anything new, Havili. He just played like Damien Cook. And all of a sudden, South do well. Quick play to balls, good service. Right side, left side, it knows where the ball's going to go. There was last week a ball that got thrown to... To, to Cody Walker, and Cody Walker honestly looked like as if to say, why'd you throw it to me? I, 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 they, they look like a team that wanted to play this brand of football in the off-season, and because of Taft being injured, it's been thrown out the window. I don't, I don't get it. Like, like, they have to win this week. Are they going to? I don't think so. They have to win. And the reason why they have to win is because they've got to start getting their attack back on point. Look, 
The silver lining for South Sydney at the moment is they're handing the ball over to the opposition. They're literally giving it to them. With, with, how long was it to go? There was 48% their completion rate with about 15 to go, 20 to go? In the, two weeks, in the last two weeks, they give the ball over half the time. And yet in two games... They're against Colin. Doesn't look too bad. That's the only silver lining. Yeah. The, Demetrio, if he wants to be an NRL coach, welcome to the top game, mate, because this week you've got to get that team absolutely humming. And you've got to work out how to get two of your best players, not just your best players, two of the best players in the NRL playing into form. You know, this whole idea that you've got to take pressure off Cody Walker, I call BS on all that. South Sydney was 6-0 down in the grand final. He took the ball and he ran the ball at the line and scored one of the best grand final tries. But what gave him that confidence? Where's that now? You know what? What gave him the confidence was he was in the grand final. When shit goes well, it goes well for him. He can play alongside anybody. The problem's this. He rolls the dice. And when it comes up good, it comes up good. I, I I argue that if you watch Lachlan Ilias and you watch what Ilias is doing, he's, he's not doing... Okay, keep the ball out on the full. I wouldn't say he's doing anything significantly wrong as a halfback. So what, what, what's, what's Walker's issue again? I, I don't get it. Like this whole idea, oh, there's pressure on him. Mate, you're a 5'8". You're That's your job. You, you, you know, last week you had, you know, last week, like the week before, the comment was, oh, everyone was too slow and who do you throw the ball to? You had the, one of the best players in the world and Latrell Mitchell to throw it to. So, t- so tell me why um, there were all these cutout balls, tip-ons and all this other stuff. I've got to be honest. Jackson Paulo, don't know the guy personally. You are not a first-grade footballer. Um at this point in time, uh, very little to choose from. When Taff comes back, I, I dare say he may not get a gig. You know, he's, he, he's had another try. He bombed where he should have just thrown it to, thrown it wide. He's not Gagai. And oh, I honestly... No, yeah. thought, In all yeah, fairness to Paulo, he, he's not a centre. No, he's not a centre. He can't throw a ball because he's never played no, centre. That's, that's the problem. Anyway, I'm labouring the point. Yeah. I'm going on. I'm rambling Look, on about... I'm rambling on because it, I am frustrated. I think I Are you going to tip him this week? No. Not going to win. I've got to see a significant change in attitude. That's my last mm. point. There are key players whose attitude is not but, right at the moment. Yeah, and that's the interesting and thing. 18-year-old on the fringe who come on, who run the ball hard, and people like Avili who have this up in energy... Mate, give them a run because we've got yeah. a better chance with them than anybody. I, 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 and that's a point I was actually going to bring up. So I'm going to talk about now. Davey Moale, he, I thought he was impressive when he came on the other day. Um, yeah. And happy birthday to him. I think during the week, Griffo asked me how old he is. Um, he's 19 today, Griffo. So there you okay. go, Davey Moale, 19. Um, big, look, big lad. He's a, he's a very big lad. And looking at that bench from South Sydney, sorry, not the bench, the reserves, 
Um, there's a few players there. Like Isaiah Tass is another player who could come in the centres, pushing for a spot. Peter Mamazoulis is there. I mean... Mamazoulis needs to play. It was proof last week. Pressure on Cook. He's not a hooker. Hawkins has played a bit. I mean... Look, to be honest with you, South looked best when Havili was in hooker. Liam Nine on the bench this week. That's an interesting... Yeah, absolutely. No. First time in a while. Not sure uh, how he's been going at training. Look, Demetrio's watched him for the whole off-season and watched him at training. Uh, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt there because he'd know how he's going. I just think for South Sydney, it's a couple of key players, as we said, that just aren't clicking. Because when we look at the players that um, that have been playing well, it's not always the players you expect you know, and I know everyone, you know, Latrell Mitchell, he, he had that field goal and, you know, I've had enough, I've had a lot of South Sydney fans say to me this week, well, he wouldn't have had to have kicked that field goal if he'd, uh, if he kicked his It was the first game the guy has played since when? The guy hasn't played for how long? And he was the best player on, of, on the field for South Sydney. Yeah. I'll tell you who I thought was the best player for South Sydney last week. It was Campbell Graham. Tim good. I thought he was good. So look, it's just a different style. Like last year when they were going well, it was more that left edge. Um, yeah, I don't want to labour the point on players missing. I think a lot of fans are starting to realise the impact that Dane Gagai had on this team and the big hole in the back line. Now they're just not that scary. Opposition teams aren't looking at them now, going, "Oh, geez, this is a team that we've really got to watch." That left edge is electric um you know cooks quick out of dummy half that back row it's just not what it was there's something amiss there was on right at times yeah, 10 you know 15 minutes last week at the end there um yeah look you guys know where my allegiances lie but my head's saying the roosters heart saying rabbitos so look if you want my advice tip the roosters if you're looking at the Carpool Rugby League uh, tipping competition later on in the week, uh, you probably know I'm going to go with the Rabbitohs. But uh, if you look at where I am on the tipping comp, that may not be much of a surprise. Okay, so now moving on to Super Saturday. Uh, this is a massive game. Uh, the people of Bathurst are in for a treat at Carrington Park on uh, Saturday at 3pm. The Penrith Panthers are taking their home game out to uh, Bathurst, as they usually do once a year. This uh, year, it's going to be against the Newcastle Knights. Uh, this can't be a belter. It's top-of-the-table clash. Uh, the first thing that really stands out for me when I look at these teams, uh, it's hard not to to notice um, Nathan Cleary, number 24. Read into that what you will. We know that they're expecting him back around round four. Um, all indications are saying that he's very close to a return. Um, many saying you wouldn't risk him this week and you're better off running him out next week against South. But uh, Nathan Cleary, for those who are keeping an eye on things, is in jersey number 24 this week. Brian Toto, that's a big one. He's out for a knee injury. Um, they're talking about that being for uh, a couple of months. So um, there's a big gap there uh, on the sideline for uh, the Panthers. Ty- uh, Taylor May. I almost said Tyrone May. Uh, Griffo would have had a heart attack then. <laughs> Taylor May, I apologise, is going to... Um, I think it's only his second game. I think he played second one last year, year didn't he? Yeah. 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 Uh, Fisher-Harris. Uh, we know there's been a bit of talk about that muscular damage to his shoulder. He's been named to play, so they're going to keep an eye on him. 
So uh, that's definitely another one to, uh, to to keep in mind when you're tipping this one. Uh, the Knights, Kalen Ponga, he has been named at fullback. He uh, missed last week's game with a knee injury. I think that's a bit of a watch this space from what we're hearing. So, um, yeah, just be aware there. He has been named, but uh, keep an eye on that one. Daniel Saifedi also back. That's a massive in for them with Mitch Barnett going back to the second row. Uh, that fills the void left by Lachlan Fitzgibbon, who is out with a knee injury. Uh, Edric Lee, named amongst the reserves after coming through the New South Wales Cup last week. Um, we talked about him a few weeks ago. We did. And the issues he has had with his foot fractures. Um, I think we're, you know, well into the 400 and something days since his last played football. So it's great to see Edric Lee back in contention here. Griffo, the Panthers, um, no Nathan Cleary, no problem. I don't know if Penrith fans would expect him back this week, but um, you'd imagine he's not too far away considering he is on the reserves. Yeah. Um, look, if he's fit to play, um, of course, as a Panthers fan, you want to see him play. If he's you know, not going to risk... Um, some sort of damage. Uh, he's he's too important to this team to to risk um, unless he's clearly hundred um, percent. Taylor May, I think. Uh, yeah, I, I would have picked him as as a replacement for for Brian Toto. Um, he is a strong runner of the football in in, in the way that Toto. Uh, runs the ball. I think he's probably got a yard of pace uh, on Brian Toto. But um, so he's going to, from what I've been led to believe, he'll team up with Isaac Tago. Those guys play a lot of football together, uh, including in, in the uh, New South Wales Cup uh, and been quite successful. So um, that's going to be of benefit to the Panthers. Um, they were put under pressure last week, and they they hung on. But they, that was what it was. They they hung on. They didn't get much ball in the second half, and and when they did, uh, they dropped a fair bit of it, um, which which made the task quite difficult. I, I'm going to tip them, but I've got no confidence whatsoever. Um, not because so much of what Penrith might do, but because I think Newcastle's going really well. Um, they played good football last week. They beat the Roosters the previous week. Last week, they, they won without Kale and Ponga. Um, and, and Daniel Safiti was, was still out. I was a bit surprised to see both those names Listed was uh, Safiti. I was led to believe was a, a four-week injury. Um, as as a you know, as a Penrith supporter, and if they're bringing guys back early, well, you want to target those guys. You know, target the guys who who are under an injury cloud. Um, Knights have been in great form, and a lot of it's been down to Jake Clifford and Adam Klum. Um, I I was surprised. I, I thought Newcastle were really going to struggle this year, but they lead the 
the ladder at the moment. They're top. It's not often we've said that for, for over the last decade, really. Newcastle on top of the ladder. Um, if they win this week, they're going to stay there. So um, they've got everything to play for. They are up against the, the reigning premiers. And like uh, the Dragons did last week, you think they're going to really want to test just how good they are. So Penrith, uh, who are a little under strength, I'd be surprised if Fisher-Harris plays. Um, he's, again, almost as important as Nathan Cleary. Um, the go-forward man there, their main go-forward man. Their other big go-forward guy is out of the game, Brian Toto. Um, there was also a question mark about Scott Sorensen, who's named. Um, I'll be really surprised if, if the 1-17 to is what runs out for the Panthers. And uh, I think I'll be a little surprised if, for the Knights as well. They run out 1-17. to um, Penrith, you know, a lot of people say they got a little bit of good luck last week with uh, Sewer being sinbinned. Um, and they, they did play their best football during that time frame that scored two tries. Their other try came from a, a charge down. So attacking-wise, they're, they're not quite at their best at the moment. Um, obviously, if Nathan Cleary plays, that improves. Uh, O'Sullivan in saying that's been really good. He's had a good kick-in game. Um I think uh, I think Penrith get away with it, but I'm saying that again as a as a Penrith supporter, um, as as a if I was a neutral, I'd really give Newcastle a big show this week, uh, based on what they've done in the last two weeks. Shane, yeah, I agree with you and everything you say, Griff. I really think that. Um... Looking at this game, I've, I've been impressed with Newcastle. The way that Newcastle have played, their, their players have come in, have really added to added immense value to that side. I just think that this game could come down to the wire. And when things come down to the wire, you know, a team that has a culture of winning versus a team that over the years probably hasn't had that same culture is going to be what's the difference here. And that's why Graham Venner is going to take the chockies in Bathurst. Yeah, this is another one where um, I'm, I'm thinking single-digit margin. Uh, uh, it's just so many close games this week. If this was round one and we hadn't seen any football and you just had to go off, uh, you know, pre-season, off-season last year and that, uh, you wouldn't have given the Knights as much of a, of a chance. But I think they've been really impressive to start the year. I'm almost thinking just as a smoky in my tipping comp of tipping the Knights this week. But um, look, if I'm giving advice to people as an expert on carpool rugby league, uh, you'd have to go with the Panthers. I I don't think Nathan Cleary plays this week. I think the Panthers are the type of side where they would name him at number seven and say, yeah, he's good to go, let's go. I actually don't think that... Um, Sean O'Sullivan's done that bad of a job. I think he's come in and done really, really well. Uh, for the Panthers, they need to be really concerned about, um, I think, the centres, mainly from the Knights. I think uh, Gagai and Best, uh, especially behind that forward pack this week with Saifidi back. Uh, massive bonuses for them. i got the Panthers in a super close one. Super close one, guys. Another great game, I think, uh, 
this week. All right, moving along on to the second game of Super Saturday. You talk about tough ones to tip and looking at teams that uh, seem to have, you know, I suppose a bogey team. At times over the past few years for the Storm, that's been the Parramatta Eels. They'll come together uh, at Amy Park in Melbourne on Saturday night, 5.30. The Storm, they've got the same 17 that won last week against South Sydney named. Now, as I said, um, Tyron Wishart has been deemed a close household contact of Harry Grant. He's also gone into isolation for seven days. Watch this space. Nick Arima. I think Brandon Smith's a long shot, but uh, you know who knows. He's he's named amongst the reserves, so keep an eye on that one. Uh, Nathan Brown starting this week for the Eels with uh, Oregon Kafusi going back to Portland. Um, I mean, the bench. Uh, Arima Greg comes onto the interchange in place of Jake Arthur. Um, so he's going to be out for a few weeks. I'll tell you what, though, um, <laughs> it'd be a, it's a fair call, I think, Shane, to say that even though the Storm got the chocolates last week, you probably wouldn't want to have been in the sheds after that one. I think Craig Bellamy uh, would have been happy to win his 500th game, but, uh, geez, they would have got a blasting for that second half. Yeah, they, they really dropped the ball in, in that period of time. And and funnily enough, no, did they drop the ball, they... They really, you know, like they could have put South to the sword so many opportunities. We said at the start of the year, do they like the venom that we're used to seeing from them? And and maybe last week was it was a was a manifestation of that. Looking at the storm this week, um, you know, you've got you got the Pap, Hughes, uh, um, Munster, no Grant, COVID, um it's 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 still that classic storm side um xavier coates i thought was was great last week mm. in saying that there's something about Parramatta in this game I, I really like i think Parramatta um are a more settled team at the moment but when i look at what happened with the storm last week i just look at Parramatta and i think Parramatta would fancy themselves in this game if I had an upset of the week, this is it. This is where Parramatta could win. Um, I think the forward pack for the Melbourne Storm will need to aim up. They're playing a very good forward pack against the Eels. This is one which could really... Um, this is one that, that could really um, cause cause the upset. Um, I'm actually tipping the Eels. He's doing upset. it. He's doing it. Are you that game, Griffo? I mean, most people look at it and say Storm won last Most people week. wouldn't be. Most Eels lost. Be. Is it that simple? Oh, it's it's 50-50 with, uh, with Harry Grant out. Um, yeah. Like, yeah, that's a massive loss. We saw what he did last week in the Man of the Match performance where he ripped uh, the Rabbit Hills to shreds a few times. Um. Massive loss. I think that brings power right into this game. Um, it's still a strong side, the Melbourne Storm. Uh, but 
there's definitely some issues around the number nine jersey, as, as was well pub- publicised earlier by Graham. Um, para um, supporters were very keen to to let the world know last year that they were the only side to beat the Melbourne Storm twice um, in the regular season. I think they give themselves a big chance. They know how to beat the Melbourne Storm, obviously. Um, they went within a whisker of being 2-0. and But uh, I've just got to tip the home side here. I, I still think the class of of Pappenhausen, Munster and Jerome Hughes um, with with a forward pack that should be able to to meet Paris at a fairly uh, even keel. Um, I'm not confident, but I'm, I'm going to keep with the Storm. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going with the Storm too in this one. Um, I like Shane how you pointed out Xavier Coates. I think he's been a Awesome addition to the Storm. But uh, on, on the other side for the Eels, we talked about Mitchell Moses and the impact he's had. Um, they've got a pretty settled forward pack. This is going to be a belter of a game. Um, but, yeah, I, I think the Storm in this one, in another one that you'd be very, very game to pick a, um, a margin uh, in double digits. <laughs> Alright, now moving on from the Storm and Parramatta Eels, we have the Raiders taking on the Titans. Uh, This game is going to be down at GIO Stadium in Canberra. Uh, The big news for the Raiders, um, well, we talked about it. um, I don't know if I mentioned it on air. I know I mentioned it off here, but Hodgson, uh, we know, is pretty much out for the year, he's gone for the year, um, and I think he's leaving the club at the end of the year, so that'd be him done for the Raiders, I think, fellas, so, um, you know, that's the, that's the news we're hearing, um, the good news though for the Raiders is that Kotrick and Rapana uh, come back, with uh, Schiller and Chris dropping out, um, Schneider also back in the number seven after uh, being out due to COVID protocols, uh, so Frawley's back to the bench, um, same 17 for the Titans that got the job done against the Warriors in round two. Uh, but also, as Shane mentioned in his tidbits, Jermaine Asako is a part of this squad now. And just looking through the list, I can see him on the reserves. Um, it's actually funny looking at this reserves list. There's some, some names here that we're used to seeing over previous years in football sides. Uh, Herman SASA, some Masters, Jared Wallace. Jermaine Asako. So a bit of, bit of talent there for um, for the, the Titans in the reserves. What are you making of this one, Shano? We've got the um, the, the Canberra Raiders obviously missing their, their first choice hookers. Tom Starling's a player that's been coming in there. A uh, few players back for them. This is another tough one to pick, isn't it? Yeah, they've got a lot of beans. Um... It's interesting that the, the Raiders, like, you know, they could be this year that team where they're, they're Jekyll and Hyde. It just depends what you get. They've got um, 
you know, Nickel Clockstad, um, Whiten, Schneider, Tom Starling um, in there. Um, Whitehead, you know, I, I look at the side and I go, everything going well on its day, doing the right thing. Yeah, they're, they're a good team. I really like what the Titans are building, though. I like what the Titans are building. I like what they're doing. Um, you know, I think a guy that that's added value to them, Isaac Liu, I think he is someone who no one probably yeah. had talked about. And and he's someone who's starting to look like he's adding some some um serious um it's an impressive board to, pack. It is. It's an insane forward pack for Fida, um, uh, Big Tino, um, Fotoaka. Um, they've, you know, and even on their bench, um, they've got they've got some good players coming up. I look at I look at the Titans, and I look at the team they're building, and I just think what excites me about the Titans is they're a team that's willing to throw caution to the wind. They know. You know, they're, they're willing to throw their hand. They're willing to see what's happening. They're willing to see what's going on. I think that I think they're playing the total opposite this week in the Canberra Raiders. I think the Canberra Raiders are becoming ultra conservative. I think they just want to play this safety first football. Um, they're looking after things like completing sets. They're, 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 they're wanting to tick boxes which is so far removed from the from the Raiders that we know and love. Like the Raiders that beat the, the Storm way back when and the Raiders that could really turn it on were the Raiders team that would throw caution to the wind. They were unpredictable. They were, they were, they were exciting. They, they, they were almost like the Titans, you know, are now. So I've got the Titans in this one. I know it's... Um, I know it's I know it's the Titans are away. I just look at what the Titans are building and what they're doing, and I just think they're in a far more positive space than what Canberra are in at the moment. Canberra have some players coming back, which is very good for them. I I just also think, you know, um there's you know, even on their extended bench. There's some pretty impressive names on that extended bench for um, for the Titans that may get a run this week. I, I've got the Titans in a very tight one, Griffo. Yeah, it's um, it's a surprise to me last week the way that uh, Canberra were soundly beaten up at Townsville by the Cowboys. I didn't see that coming. Um, I didn't. I wasn't a hundred percent tuned into the game. It was. I was. Uh, I was at a uh, a venue in the rocks, and um, the the game was up on the screen, and uh, so I didn't sort of take too much notice of what was happening. I was sort of seeing uh, the score, and then I, I'd see the Cowboys score again, and what's going on here? Um, I thought Canberra were good in week one uh, in beating the Sharks. Um, I do rate this Gold Coast side. Uh, if they can go down to Canberra and come back with the points, then 
I think they they they're stamping themselves as as uh, certainly top eight material. Um, I, I'm probably leaning on form. I'm, I'm going to lean towards the Titans. Um, the, and I say that uh, they can score long range tries, um, but they've got this, as you mentioned, a really strong pack of forwards. Um, there's plenty of steel in there. A guy that like Jared Wallace can't even make it onto the interchange bench um, says, you know, in itself says quite a bit. Um, I'm not confident, but I'm going to go Titans. They can score plenty of tries. Um, I've still got a few questions just about the Raiders as an organization. Um, whether Ricky's been there a little bit too long. Um, Hodgson, I think they are going to miss him. I know Starling's sort of been the preferred hooker a little bit even towards the back end of last year, but uh, I just think uh, they're going to look. They're, on paper, they're still a good side themselves. Uh, but I'm, I normally would favour the 50 50. I'd normally go with the home team, but something's telling me Titans, and I'm going to stick with Titans. Um, I hope they win. Um, I know this is going to sound awful of me, but um, I'm not going to tip a team that lost to the Cowboys. Uh, Titans to win. That's it's a fair call, Graham. That's what I'm basing it it's on. A very, I, I yeah. thought they were awful last week, the Raiders. I know you were saying they've got players coming back in, and I know we're not uh, confident in um, in committing, but um, I, I, I just I haven't rated the Cowboys, and I thought the Raiders were really poor last week, so um, I just don't have any faith in tipping the Raiders at the moment, so I'm going to go with the Titans. <laughs> Right, so that's uh, Saturday's games previewed. This will move us on to Sunday, and it uh, feels a bit unusual uh, previewing a Brisbane Broncos game on a Sunday, but uh, the way the draw works out, they've got a few Sunday games uh, happening at the start of the year, and this one is going to be a uh, Queensland-only affair with the Broncos uh, hosting the Cowboys at Suncorp Stadium. Uh, so in regards to the team news for this one, uh, Kevin Walters, he must be loving the fact that he can just name the same 17-man squad as he had last week. Um, that's funny, isn't it? They're looking for the first three straight wins since 2019. Isn't that amazing when you look historically at the Broncos? So um, I think it was rounds 9 to 11 in 2019. They won three in the trot. They're looking to make it uh, three from three this week. Uh, the Cowboys, they're welcoming back Cotter. He is going to uh, join the bench in place of uh, Mitchell Dunn. He suffered a season-ending knee injury against the Raiders. Uh, just one of those season-ending injuries that Shano alluded to earlier on. Other than that, uh, it's the same 17. Um, Tanua Brown on the reserves. 
Uh, he's coming back from a knee injury, so that's a bit of a watch this space. In this one, uh, just to mix it up, I might go to you, Griffo. Uh, we know the Broncos were going to be improved this year, but they've got to be excited at the fact that they are 2-0. and um, Many people were surprised that they got over the Rabbitohs in Week 1. The first half, especially last week against the, um, the Bulldogs, I can't necessarily say was... Um, Top quality football, but they're all worth two. They got the job done, and um, yeah, they're going into this game, and I think many will back them to go three on the trot. Yeah, I'm one of those. Um, I think they're they're starting to play with a bit more confidence now. Um, Albert Kelly's doing really good uh, work. He was, uh, I guess, he's pushing thirty these days. Came on the scene as a as a, a skinny little guy, I think maybe with the Titans. Um, left the NRL uh, and had a, a good go of it over in the in the Super League, and has come back and uh, a much stronger physically uh, uh, man than than he was when he left. When he was was quite slight. Um, but he's 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 a strong guy now, um, playing with confidence. Reynolds has got a game under his belt in Broncos colours, and a game they won. The forwards look strong for the Broncos. Uh, they've got guys. I was really impressed with Herbie Farmworth last week. Um, scored a couple of tries. Uh, he's got plenty of pace. The pace of Cobo. Um, Stags, it's a good side on paper. Um, and you know, while the Cowboys did win convincingly against the Raiders, um, I'm still not convinced that they're they're a good side. So, uh, but they're in the top eight. Who would have thought? Um, <laughs> who would have thought? But. Uh, yeah, it's Broncos for me. I just think at home again, I just think they're going to build on weeks one and two. And um, I really think the Broncos are, are a chance now making the eight. I don't think the Cowboys are a chance of making the eight. So for that reason, as much as anything, I'm going to stick with the Broncos. Just on uh, Albert Kelly there, Griffo, a few little uh, tidbits, not to steal Shane's uh, stick. He um, played under 20s for the Eels. Um, And then uh, the Sharks was the team he made his debut with. Oh, okay, the Sharks, right. Yep. So he did uh, go to to the Gold Coast, didn't he? He did. He was at the Gold Coast after the Sharks. Um, Yeah, went to school at Patrician Brothers. Patrician Brothers, yeah. In Blacktown. and he is 31 to... Uh, 31? Oh, answer wow. your original one. So, yeah, he's just turned 31, actually, a uh, couple of days ago. So, there you go. And he's uh, he's playing his best best rugby league at yeah. this age. Good, good on him. Yeah, he's good doing well. Because you often find that once um, players go to, uh, go to the UK, they don't usually boomerang and come back and uh, end up in the NRL and uh, hit the form that they do. So... Good yeah. seam in good form. 
And in saying that, Graham, one thing I want to add as well is is that Billy Walters has been in great form. Yeah. And um, and he's kept his spot. We know Reynolds missed the first game, and both Billy Walters and Albert Kelly had big games uh, in that uh, that winning uh, winning at South Sydney. Um. But yeah, Billy Walters definitely uh, deserves his place in the seventeen. Um, and, and I think last week he came on and gave uh, Jake Turpin a bit of a rest. So yeah, this is a side uh, developing in confidence, and um, yeah, I, th- I think they get the get the Cowboys this week. What are your thoughts on this one, China? Yeah, I, I, I I'm going to pick the um, I'm going to pick the um, the Broncos. I think the Broncos are going to win. I thought. Um, I thought Farnworth, he was one of my players of the week last week. I thought he was outstanding. He actually outshone Katoni Staggs um, immensely. Um, at one stage there, with about about 15 to go, Katoni Staggs had about 36 run metres off about five carries. Um, he's going to get a kick in the backside over that. And you know what that means. It means he's going to see a lot more early ball. Um, at which which only spells trouble for for the, the the Cowboys. I can't add much more to say, other than that. I thought Farnworth um, was brilliant, and he could be a really big find for this club, um, and, and he might have a very good year ahead. Like what he did last week, the the one on one strip executed perfectly. Um, I, I just thought that with. Look, highlight your points, guys. Albert Kelly, um, that kick he put in was outstanding. Um, Reynolds as part of the side too. Um, but, yeah, the guy for me last week for that club, um, just to add to what you guys said, was um, Farmworth. I thought Herbie Farmworth was outstanding. And I, I've got, look, the only thing I can say with the, with the Cowboys is if they hold the ball, they could be in it. Um, but I just think that the Broncos are building to beat this team this week. Yeah, I mean, going off what we've seen in the first two weeks, um, you'd, you'd imagine most punters would be happy with what the Broncos have done, uh, and you'd be very game to to uh, tip against them. Positive signs, though, from the Cowboys. They did have that good win last week. We haven't really mentioned that too much other than the fact that... Um, you know, I talked about the Raiders going down to them, and I was actually really surprised to see the amount of points they had in them. But, um, yeah, I, I just think that with the way the the Brisbane pack's going forward and some of that young talent, you, you mentioned there, you know, Farnworth. I, I like Cobbo. I think he's a real talent. We know what uh, Stags can do. And, um, yeah, I, I just think this, uh, this Brisbane team's going to build. And uh, looking at where they're at at the moment... Um, yeah, you know, they could very well be three from three. And to be honest with you, fellas, not to go off on a little tangent here, but you know, three—if you're three and zero, all of a sudden it's almost as though it's you know you've got to back these teams to then um, make the finals. And given the fact that the the Broncos—I know we're talking early, but they play the Warriors in round four. I I really think that the Broncos could be could be four and zero. I think it's gonna. I think they're a team to watch, and I think that um, they're it's they're eight real... points you don't have to find later on. Yeah, that's what that's what I mean. They could lose their next four and still be on track to make the finals because 
We know you've only got to win about half your game, so yeah, I like the Broncos in this one too, guys. Alright, moving on to uh, the later game on Sunday, uh, 6.15, um, still early on the season, so we're still seeing the Sunday night football. This game is going to be a Manly home game at uh, what is now known at Four Pines Park. Uh, we, we, we talked about this, I think, a bit last, last year, Griffo. Uh, being a beer drinker myself, I'm uh, quite happy with the sponsorship of Four Pines. Don't know how many pine trees they got over there, but uh, here there's plenty of beers. Um, there's also uh, a lot of consistency in the side for the Seagulls, given the fact that they are on the bottom of the ladder. They're going to, with the same 17 that went down to the Roosters last week. Uh, the only player, from what I understand, that's going to be monitored is uh, Dylan Walker, who suffered a head knock. Um, yeah, and, 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 and the Bulldogs, they're going with the same list as well um, this week as um, they had last week. So, bit of consistency for both sides in this, t- this game, Griffo. I feel like uh, for Manly fans, they're really uh, looking at this one as the week that they come good and start that run that we all expected them to have at the start of the year. Well, I think they need to. Um, you know, it's been mentioned a few times that they were 0-4 last year uh, and then went on to make the top four They're all in four, and, and Tommy Turbo's. Oh, sorry, they're all in two. My apologies. Um, and, and they've had Tommy Turbo there this time. He wasn't there at the start of last year. Um, but in saying that, they're playing. They they played the Panthers and they played the Roosters, um, two of the, the the high quality sides in the competition. Uh, were soundly beaten. They need the win. Um, the Bulldogs have started the year well uh, with a, a victory in the first game, albeit against the Cowboys. Um, and then last week, uh, a narrow loss uh, for the Bulldogs. Um, I, I think this week they lose again. Uh uh, at home, I think Manly, uh, they won't want to disappoint their their home fans. They're coming down in class to play the Bulldogs. The Bulldogs, obviously, are a much better side than they have been for a couple of years. But I, I still think... Uh, I still think that uh, the Seagulls will get the job done in this game. Um, and I expect that Tommy Turbo will play a key role. Um, he's copped a little bit of criticism, I guess you could say. Um, you know, because he hasn't been dominant, but he's still been okay. Um, I don't think the Bulldogs will control him as well as the Roosters and the Panthers were able to do. Um I don't think we're going to see a blowout like we saw last year when these two teams clashed, uh, when I think the uh, Sea Eagles hit the 60s. Um, 
I, I don't think it's going to be anything like that. But I do think uh, Manly will register their first two points for season 2022, Shano. I agree with you. I, I've got Manly. Um, I think Manly are going to use their use their strike attacking weapons. Uh, when I looked at when I looked at um, the doggies last week, I thought the doggies were in a really commanding position. I honestly thought there's part of me during times that game where I thought the dogs threw it away. Um, you know, they've got people like Burton whose kicking game is outstanding, and we've always known that. Um, I, ju- I just think against Manly, the opportunities are going to be less. Manly's going to pin them down in their own uh, in their own 30. They're going to be kicking themselves out of trouble a lot. Tommy Turbo doesn't drop many high balls. He'll he'll catch more often than not. Um, I think Saab might be on her bit of a pepping. But um, look, I've got Manly. I got Manly in. I think will be will be regardless of what the dogs have done. I, I think it's going to be a fairly straightforward game um, for the Sea Eagles, Graham. Yeah, I, I think Manly come good here, and I think what we've got to remember, and Manly fans are all yelling at their radio at the moment, saying, "Hey guys, they played the Panthers and the." Uh, and the Roosters in the first two rounds, um, you'd 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 forgive any anyone for losing those two games anywhere throughout the Pretty season. Pretty ordinary in that first twenty minutes, though. They oh, were. Sweet. They were. Oh, they were. And I think this is where do I dare say it, Griffo? The flat track bullies come out and uh, beat the teams they should beat. I it's got that feeling again about it with 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 Manly. I think they'll get the win this week. I think they'll. I, I I think they'll win convincingly. I'm calling it. I think they'll win convincingly. This will be the the um the week they come out. They'll um they'll keep the possible flat track bullies Monica for a couple of weeks. Um, playing the Raiders next week and then um, uh the week after that's a big game coming up against the Knights. I think that's when we'll learn um you know if either of these teams are the real deal. But I think that um. Yeah, even though they've been poor the first couple of weeks, I just feel like for Manly, psychologically, coming up against the Bulldogs, they'll really fancy themselves. They'll have a lot of confidence, and I think they'll um, uh, I think they'll win this one too. All right, well, that's the week preview, guys. We've got a big week in rugby league. Um, I'll be honest with you, this... This is a tough round to pick, isn't it? It means that we're going to have some great footy. Yeah. 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 And, and like I said, uh, you know, at the start of the show, uh, um, a show podcast, I don't it's not show really, is it? Um, but uh, at the start of the podcast, uh, I've been impressed by the fact that we are seeing tight games. Um, I, I'm... I've got to give a lot of thought to who am I going to pick for my joker this week? Because to me, there's yeah. really not an obvious team uh, that you can say, well, they're definitely going to win that game. Um, normally, I guess, you know, you sort of start to think who are the Tigers playing, who are the Cowboys playing, mm. uh, traditionally who are the Bulldogs playing. But um, with the, the Tigers playing the Warriors... You know, it's it's a winnable game for the Tigers. Um, I don't think they'll win, but I'm not 
certain of it because they're playing the Warriors, who, who you know, you can't really, uh, they're not a bankable team. Um, so, yeah, that's going to be a tough one. Um, yeah, it's but, interesting, uh, interesting looking at the, um, I know, you know, we, we sometimes allude to it to see what, uh, what the betting agencies are saying because sometimes that might influence the punters, Griffo. The shortest odds favourites for this week, um, it's a tie. The Penrith Panthers are $1.25 against yeah, the Newcastle Knights. That's just crazy. Knights. That's crazy. And the Seagulls are $1.25 against the Bulldogs. So both the Bulldogs and the Knights paying 4 bucks. Yeah, uh, I don't understand that at all. I don't um, understand. I can... I can... I think the Bulldogs thing I can sort of half understand because Manly absolutely obliterated them last year. Maybe twice they did it. Um, but uh, you, you're talking about 1v2 and Newcastle being yeah. one. Yeah. Um, with a very strong lineup, up um, in back on paper at least. Um, Daniel Safiti and Kalen Pongan mm. and Penrith yeah. are missing a, a few. Um, and Brian Tyler, uh, I'd be surprised he's... if Fisher Harris plays. Massive loss. Massive loss. Yeah, I mean, so, you even uh, think of you know, I'll you know, be what Toto does for, for Penrith even coming out of their own end to get those forwards on the front foot and if Fisher Harris is out as well, it's almost like um, you know, yeah, the two best go forward men. Yeah, they're out of the game, and yeah. you can't do anything unless uh, unless you're at the right end of the field. So I, I really think that, um, yeah, the Knights they've been undervalued there, and I think they're a, they're they're a fair shake in that game. And oh, absolutely! I think it's you know close to a fifty fifty game, yeah. um, but uh, I guess you know. That's why those people work for the that organization, and and, and why I don't. And that's <laughs> and that's why the uh, the house and the bookies are always the ones with the more monies in their pocket than the uh, the punters. But uh, well, I, I hope they're right. For your sake, I hope they do. They are Griffo. Um, but yeah, great great round of footy this week. Um, we look forward to it. We also thank you for your company, and we really enjoy having you on board. And uh, good luck with your team yes, this week. Music. We hope you have yeah, a great week. Have a great week and uh, enjoy further on the week. It's going to be a good weekend.